everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the 18th episode of Riverdale Season 5, Next to Normal. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, who is getting so close to being released from the hostage situation that is this podcast, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing? I, okay, here's the thing. Most of the time, even when the show is bad, I'm like, hey, I get to talk to Mary about it. That's great. (laughs) But sometimes there are episodes of this show that are so bad that I wish I could forget I had seen them and I don't, I don't want to talk about it. This was horrible. This was so bad. We, like last episode, we got like a big culmination of many plot lines and there should have been a lot of fallout from that. And we got some fallout from that, but mostly we got people singing songs badly and they're not even songs people know because I don't think that Next to Normal is like a super popular show. So like... For what, Riverdale? For what? All right, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. On a couple points. Some points I agree. I agree that I think a lot of the singing was lackluster. I also agree that I did not know of this show. I don't think I even ever heard of it. Certainly didn't know of any of the songs. I would potentially be interested in seeing more of this show done by professionals at some point. It seems interesting. Here's where I disagree. I My favorite part of this episode and something that I think really helped it was that it pretty much was about one plot. There were like little elements of some other plots, but for the most part it was one thing, and I felt like we really deserved that because while Polly wasn't like a huge character, she was a character who was there and has been there since season one, and she died. And I think that I'm kind of tired of like big events happening and then they just kind of skate past them or there'll be five plots in an episode and we get a tiny bit of it. This one, I feel like they did, you know, their due diligence to actually say we need to explore like the major grieving that the Cooper family is going to be going through. Did they necessarily do that in the best way? No, they did a bad job. I agree with you that it's good to explore the grief of Polly dying and to really dig into that. That is an essential thing. But by making it this random musical episode that was very poorly put together, it's actually, I think, more disrespectful than if they had just zoomed past it. Like this was like when Fred Andrews died because Luke Perry died, they actually did a good job with like exploring grief, exploring reasons why having that be a thing that happened. This, they made it into like a spectacle. It's It was horrible, Mary. It was a bad episode of TV. I agree that the Fred Andrews thing was much better, but that was also an actual person's death. This is a character death. It's a little different. No. Like, yes, it's different in that a real person died, yes. But when when you were a immersed in a show, it shouldn't matter if it's a real death or a fake death. Grief should be explored in a real way. There is, like, this show is ridiculous and it goes so far past the line in every way in almost every episode. This episode was horrible. Like, they couldn't even do a good job of it. Like, the people could not, the songs were not in anybody's range. They were so bad. It made no sense. And it took away so much momentum, which you would need since literally the next episode is the finale. I love going into the finale of a show being like, I don't care about this and I'm just glad it's over, which is what they did. Before this, I was like, yeah, this show is a lot and I don't love season five. But I was like, okay, well, at least like we're finally ramping up and like getting some resolution in the final few episodes. And then this, they were just like, wet fart of an episode ruined the season like even more than it already was because it's been bad the whole time. I think a 
okay, so here's here's where I'll like s- sort of come to a middle ground with you. Is like I think this episode would have been better if they did basically everything the same, but cut out the musical numbers. Like I don't think it needed to be a musical episode. I don't think that brought anything to the table. Kind it of took like what away. You're saying. It took yeah. away from the table. I agree. I think the one thing that's kind of interesting is I do feel like from what I've been able to gather from reading about Next to Normal, it's like it was a pretty apt uh, musical in terms of like I, I guess if you're a fan of the musical, maybe you were like, oh yeah, this fits. Like this works well. No, but I think you know since what? Nobody I think if you're a fan, I think if you're a fan of this musical, you watch this episode, you're like, this is very insulting to something that I like because they did a bad job. That's also possible, and I, I can't really speak very much on that because I haven't actually seen the musical, so I don't what's really the, know. What's the but, showrunner's name again? Uh, the showrunner of Riverdale. Yeah. Oh, what is his? It's like something. What's his name? Um, Someone needs to sit him down and be like, this is not a musical. Roberto Aguirre-Sicasa. Roberto needs to stop. Like, this yeah. is not a musical. This is not Glee. I understand that he worked on Glee for a long time and he enjoyed that. But Glee, they actually cast singers. And Glee was and like, Glee handled different. Glee handled a lot of like more emotional things. I mean, it also handled emotional things badly, but it did handle some better. Like character death, it handled better. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I think where I'm at is like, I have so given up on liking the choices that the show does that for me, the f- the pure fact that this was an episode that pretty much had like one plot and had, you know, some stuff that I had been hoping. I- I've been really truly thinking the show was just going to skirt over Polly's death. And so I was like, at least glad that they gave us that. I-, I do think that, you know, you fix one thing, you heard another. Oh, there was another death last episode that we heard of zero, like, no fallout from Chad's death whatsoever. Like we don't, we don't know if Veronica is going to trial for this. Like we have no clue what's going on no, it's about clearly self-defense done and dusted. We will never hear about Chadwick again. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that there were like some parts of this I liked. We'll get into it when we sort of talk about more in detail. But I am curious to see if anyone else did like it because I, I did not I did not hate it. Like I was expecting to hate it. And there are so many more episodes that I hate way more than this one. Like I will say I hated the last musical episode. They did more than this one when they did the, um, was it the Hedwig and the last? Angry Inch? That was all horribly, don't, don't get me to compare the musical episodes because they're all bad but they have I feel like I feel like they've been getting progressively worse they've made progressively worse choices and it would like I went in expecting to hate it and I still hated it more than I thought that I would like it was worse than I anticipated it and my expectations were underground like my the bar was in hell and they still could not get over the bar yeah so I knew that Kirsten would hate it but you I mean you always hate the musical episodes I don't hate them because I kind of just considered them to be like not really part like I'm not gonna question is this real is this not real like I don't really care honestly about that's not the problem with the musical episodes the problem with the musical (laughs) episodes is that they do a bad job and no one sounds good yeah yeah and some of these singers like aren't bad it's just they put them in songs that don't fit with their range or their tone or anything yeah I think Betty and Veronica both sounded the best probably I think notably did Archie even sing at all I don't don't think think so and I think that's for the best. I think Jughead sounded bad. And Jughead think, sounded bad. I actually think Tabitha sounded okay. She didn't sing as much, but she was fine. Jughead was bad. When Tabitha sang, she sounded good, but she also was mostly singing with Jughead, so it might have just been in comparison. Yeah. Alice sounded horrible. Yeah, she, she was sounded really bad. Actively bad, and they gave her like the main singing role in the episode. You can't build a singing episode around the person who can't sing. Yeah, and I think that that's like this is coming from me, who 
also can't sing. I would sound you like would Alice never... if I was in a in a show where they made me sing. I would be like, you cast me to be an actress, not a singer. So this is what you're going to get. Like that's I would be the same way. Well, yeah, because they were they didn't cast Riverdale for musicals because it's not a musical. Yeah. Like this that like that would be like if they cast me to be in like a production of Legally Blonde and then they'd be like, "Oh, wait, you can't you you can't sing these songs." And I'd be like, "You cast me, so I guess I'm just going to sound bad and be embarrassed every night." Like I it's horrible. Yeah. So, let's let's break it down. Let's talk about the episode. Everyone is rallying around Betty to comfort her in the white worm. Okay, here's here's what I will say about a lot of the scenes, in particular the ones with Betty and sometimes Alice when they're not singing. Like I felt a lot like a lot of the conversation they were having was actually like pretty good and pretty emotional. This could have been a good episode and then they said, "Let's make them sing 14 songs." Yeah. The songs were all really short also. I think and based on looking at the track list for the musical itself, it seems like it's a lot of really short songs. Like there's a lot of songs in it. So the twins are like surprisingly doing okay, which I feel like was just kind of another throw in of like these twins. Yeah, they still are not ex- right. I think it's also just like, oh yeah, the twins still exist. So good yeah. to know. Um, they're with Cheryl for a while and they put a hummingbird feeder in the rose garden. And whenever they go out and see hummingbirds, they say, hi, mom. So that's kind of sweet, I guess. Yeah, I still don't really know. What are they like nine, 10 years old? I don't remember. They had a birthday, but I don't remember what it like, was. In theory, they're 10, but in practice, they're like six. Like yeah. they, they Once again, the timeline has not been kind to these poor twins. Yeah, I don't know. Alice, understandably, not doing well. Um, and this is where we get the setup of why we're doing a musical episode is Betty says that a couple years ago on Mother's Day, which also in the show, it's like Mother's Day weekend during this episode. Well, because that's when this probably should have aired if they hadn't taken a seven-year hiatus. Right. So Alice and Betty and Polly on Mother's Day a previous year went to New York and saw the musical Next to Normal. And she explains that it's about a family and one uh, of the children is dead. Um, I believe it's the son in the actual musical, but, you know, uh, fits with Polly here. And it was a good day that they went to New York and walked around and all that. So that's what we're going to transition to Alice singing her first song, Just Another Day, which I, I couldn't tell like when the musical, the musical was written, I believe in 2008, but I don't know when it's supposed to be set or if this was just like a stylistic choice they did for Riverdale of making it seem like it was in the question mark 60s. I don't um, know. I was kind of confused on like when, when it was supposed to be happening, but not only is Polly back. Hey, welcome back, Wyatt Nash. He's not looking his best. No, he's not. I didn't want to say anything, but you know, it is what I, it like, is. I didn't recognize him at first. Yeah, I think Wyatt Nash, he, he when he first showed up on the scene at the very end of season three, he had like longer hair. I feel like that was kind of working for him. Anyway, so she's pretending everything's fine. She's kind of, I, I don't know if she's exactly like hallucinating or what, but you know, she's, she's seeing her children. I actually had to look up like if Charles was dead because I could not remember. I don't think he is. What he's happened not dead. to him? Well, let's see. I have oh, my- Oh, he ended up, he went to jail because he yeah, was so doing- he was last in the Pincushion Man was the last time we saw him. And Pincushion Man was when everyone escaped from jail, right? Yeah, it was it was uh the, the episode before the hiatus. So Yeah, that's when everyone broke out of prison. Because yeah, he he went to jail because he had been doing something with Chick. Yeah, he and Chick tried to get married and then And Betty stabbed one of them. Betty stabs Chick, and I believe Chick died. 
maybe I'm no, wrong. I don't think he did die. I think that he was okay. Oh no, Betty stabbed Glenn, and then I'm right. pretty sure I'm pretty sure Chick does die, but I think Charles just gets shot by Alice or something, and then he's okay. Honestly, I don't remember, but I uh, think he's looking in jail. it up, it says that he's not dead, that he is alive, but probably in prison. Unclear. Yeah, unclear. We really don't know. Anyway, so that's happening. They're singing. It's interesting. Um, then the other plotline we have going on is that Archie and Veronica are like, we need to get our relationship back on track or whatever. Yeah. And she says that like maybe they should live together, to which he invites her to his house, even though she assumed they'd be at the Pembroke. But like, I don't know. I mean, I guess technically he has a whole house, but he's got three roommates. Yeah. Archie's uh, perspective was like, oh, well, we have more room to grow together if we go to my house. Uh, wherein it's like, yeah, maybe eventually you'd go to your house, but how about you let Eric and Frank continue living in your house? Jughead moved out a long time ago. I don't remember. I don't know in, where. He lives in the garage. I know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he moved out. There was some sort of conflict and he left. I don't remember. I thought he did, but then in this episode, he goes to eat in the garage and at the end with Tabitha, they're back in the garage. So I think he's living in the garage. Well, he, the, he moved out and the show, I guess, forgot. So good for them again. One, one more thing for continuity on this show. He moved in with Tabitha for a set, or he like crashed on her couch and then he also like spent a lot of time at the bunker. Yeah. But I don't think he ever like got his own place. Yeah, I thought he that. lived in the bunker, but wh- oh, whatever, it's fine. And so like, why not let those people continue living at the house? Maybe they could pay you rent, Archie, and you could have some kind of income and then you can live with Veronica at the Pembroke for now and then eventually you could go live in the house alone when it's time. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the like mortgage situation is on this well, house. Veronica, like, is he paying for it? Have they paid it off? I don't Veronica know. Veronica just renovated her apartment too. Yeah, she also just murdered her ex-husband there, so maybe it's like don't really want to be there at the moment, or at least Archie doesn't. I don't know. No, she brought it up. She's like, let's go roll around in his blood, basically. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, she seems down. I think there's like some element of this where you know he clearly wants, like when he says like, oh, there's more room for us to grow and stuff. Yeah, but I don't know if right now is the time to like settle down in Riverdale. Maybe like fix Riverdale first before you even like think about that. But I don't know. I guess that's an ongoing project. I mean, people find love all the time. That's why there's always romance in the like apocalyptic shows because even when everything is horrible, people love will find a I'm way. I'm not saying Mary. you can't find love. I mean, Jughead literally says that in like the next scene. He, I, I can understand that people want to find love, but it's more so of like using the excuse of let's stay in my house because we can like settle down and start a family. I feel like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, like they could go to the house at a later date. There's no rule saying that you have to move into one place and stay there forever. Mary knows that. She moves all the time. Exactly. I've been looking at houses. Of course you have, you <laughs> psycho. So, so um, then we have another subplot, which is the carryover from the Britta thing. Mm-hmm. So apparently Britta didn't even just run away from home. Her parents like actually kicked her out and they blamed her for getting kidnapped, which what the heck? Yeah, it seems like her parents are bad. Yeah, it seems like they're not great. They're not good. Um, And so, yeah, so she's been living under the stairwell where Jughead used to live. <laughs> yeah, I think 
now that we've found multiple dead bodies there as well, that like maybe people should stop living there because the previous principal died there. Maybe it's just one dead body. I think it's just one dead body. I think it's just the one dead body. Never mind. Oh, wait. Is that where the dead body was in the um, midnight club? Yeah. Yeah. That's where the principal was. Oh, I thought there was another one. Okay. Well, one to two dead bodies. Whatever. Yeah, I feel like there was another one, but I don't remember who it was. Anyway, so <laughs> they talk with Miss Weiss, who is another social worker. Tony brings her up. And I was like, do we know Miss Weiss? And then I looked it up. Yeah, Miss Weiss has been here since like season one. Like Miss Weiss is constantly here and I just can never remember if it's her. I, I refuse to perceive like, it. Like she's the person who Betty went to in season one to find out about like where Polly was. And also she was the one who originally was trying to put Jughead in foster care when his father was in prison. And she was also the one who like gave information on Chick slash Charles. And she was there during a lot of like Griffins and Gargoyles stuff. She's like Riverdale's one social worker. Yeah, I think she like took the, I think she took all the kids that like escaped with Betty from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. I think a lot of them went to her at some point after all the nuns died. I don't remember. I think what that's something that show? happened. What are we talking about? I don't know. Anyway, but she's back. Same actress. She looks very different every time. I mean, it's the same actress, but she's ha- her hair has been steadily getting much longer over the course of the season. She had like a bob in season one. Anyway. Well, it's been years. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, technically, it's been like 12 years or something. I don't know. Yeah. And so Miss Weiss says that Britta can live with her temporarily while Tony looks for something else. Alice sings another song about missing the mountains. Yeah, and and, and Betty is just being like, Mom, like, look at what's real. Like, trying to help her. And it's uh, not going great because there's like the fake Polly, like, ghost thing. Vision is like, I'm here, Mom. Yeah, there's a lot of conflict between fake Polly and real Betty. And then we have yet another small subplot, which is Tabitha's parents are in town. And they hate Pops. Yeah, they're not into Pops, even though she's made like a lot of improvements and stuff. And they're like, no, let's not eat here. Let's go to the one Italian place that is where Hiram murdered that one guy in the flashback episode. (laughs) Yeah, which the Italian place that apparently didn't exist that one time in season two when all of Hiram's mob friends came and Papa Poutine and stuff, it didn't exist that one time because they had their poker game at Pops, even though it would have made way more sense to have their poker game there, but whatever. Well, I mean, Pops at that time was owned by Hiram and it seems like this Italian restaurant has always been in like an opposing crime family. True. Why would Hiram have his crime friends to someone else's crime home? True. Makes sense. Yeah. Don't want to mix the crime homes. So then Tabitha's like, hey, can you pretend to be my boyfriend for a second to Jughead? And he's like, why don't you just ask me to be your real boyfriend? Not gonna lie, I didn't really see this coming. I mean, I guess they kind of like set that up in some of the earlier episodes. It just feels like it's been a really long time since we've had like Jughead Tabitha thing. And it seems like most of the time Jughead's been like, I'm not really ready for a girlfriend, but I guess he's changed his mind and he's ready now. He solved another crime. He no longer is worried about his career because his career as a writer is currently over. So uh, he's ready for love. Yeah, he And this is when he says, kind of what you were saying earlier, that Riverdale is in a perpetual state of crisis, so there's no such thing as good timing when it comes to love. You might as well just, like, jump in. I mean, there's no good timing even if you're not in the apocalypse or Riverdale. Yeah. And they sing a song called Perfect For You. A lot of these songs, I was like, these are actually, like, decent songs. I just wish we had better singers. Well, and that's that's the thing, too. Why are they so obsessed with having the actors actually sing for themselves? They could get 
actual competent singers to like do the singing for the episodes and it would be it would be better like the musical episodes I think I still probably wouldn't like them that much but at least if the music was all well done and people were singing things in their own range like that would be a massive improvement it yeah because it's not like they're even singing live on set so it could be overdubbed this is kind of unrelated I'm sure I'm gonna get flack for this but it kind of reminds me of like did you see La La Land yes so like I enjoyed La La Land especially the first time I saw it and I honestly don't even care what they did in the movie in terms of the singers like they 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 prioritized casting actors who they wanted rather than people who were really really great singers the singers were fine they were I mean they were they were passable but I do wish that they like released an album after the fact with the same songs but sung by professional singers because I there's a lot of the songs I like but I just wish they sounded a little bit better I don't why would you get hate for that I feel like honestly like I feel like a lot of people really liked the singing but in 2021 if we're having dialogue about La La Land my dialogue is eh it happened I saw it once in theaters I never need to see it again I don't need to hear the songs again it was fine yeah it was fine Alice and fake Betty and fake Polly it's confusing because sometimes there's fake Betty Mm -hmm. they sing another song called Everything Else and Alice bought a piano on Glamazon because you can can you buy a piano on Amazon I don't think you can that's a good question I'm not because sure. that's like a like to get a piano delivered like you could get like a keyboard oh wait you can buy you can get like a small piano it was like an upright it wasn't like a grand or anything so yeah but even this the one that you can buy it's not even like a full hmm, interesting I don't know based on what I'm seeing here and what I briefly remember of the actual piano she had I don't think you could get that piano on Amazon yes but maybe on Glamazon you can yeah I guess in Riverdale they've just got all of these incredible delivery people that will just deliver anything and it doesn't matter how heavy it is. Yeah, even if it's not a real town, they can still deliver there, like, apparently. Like, you know, if, the, if someone orders, like, that piano online, the one UPS driver who's by themselves supposed to deliver it is gonna either say, F it, and leave the piano at, like, the distribution center, and how's Alice getting there to go get it? She won't leave the house. Or they're gonna just, like, th- chuck the box at your front porch and it will be broken. How did Alice get it inside? How did she get it unpackaged? It makes no sense and I will not allow it to pass by without talking about that. Maybe Glamazon has like their own trucks like Amazon does and they, they're really good about having installation. Yeah, Amazon doesn't send like two to three people to deliver one truck's worth of belongings, which is how many you'd need to carry in a piano. But it's Glamazon. <laughs> It's it's called Glamazon only because they don't want to give Jeff Bezos any credit, which is great. Don't give Jeff Bezos credit. It's fine. But like, sadly, I don't even think that's the reason why they don't call it Amazon. I think they're just messing with us. So Archie Veronica invited them over for dinner, but Alice wants to make meatloaf, which was apparently Polly's favorite. I would like to put my foot down here. Meatloaf? It's fine. It is nobody's favorite meal. Stop. This is like a trope. Why is this a thing? In like every TV show and movie, they always say meatloaf is somebody's favorite. It never yeah. is. I, as a vegetarian, um, my con- conceptualization of meatloaf is rough at best. It's um, fine. But, like, meatloaf is fine. It can even be good, but it's no one's favorite like meal. Like, what? It's, it's just, like, ground beef, like, molded into a loaf? Like, I mean, it's kind of like eating hamburger meat with, like, ketchup on top, except that it's got, it, it's, like, looser. It's not, it doesn't sound good. I mean, it's fine. It, like, tastes fine. I feel like people ate a lot more meat 
meatloaf in like the 50s when tv yeah. was becoming a thing and now it's just like a tv trope that people like meatloaf like it literally is like you make banana bread and then you like cut yourself off a thick slice it's like that yeah but what's in the meatloaf is it just meat what else goes into I'm it i'm sure other stuff does i don't i've never made meatloaf i mean i had it as a kid and it was always like oh it's fine it was never bad it wasn't like mystery meat it Kay. just like it was fine easy meatloaf i mean i'm sure there's like it's, flour and here stuff is in it an too. easy no fail recipe for meatloaf let's look at the ingredients okay ha- one and a half pounds of ground beef one egg one onion a cup of milk yeah a cup it's, it's of like dry breadcrumbs bread, half, half meat salt and pepper brown sugar mustard and ke- a half cup of ketchup that goes on top though usually it's not usually in it or sometimes it might be like part is in parts on top so i'm sorry that's disgusting it doesn't it, i mean hey, I, I, you're I a vegetarian mary's meatloaf yeah but like the thing is is i could make a vegetarian version of this quite easily because there's like really good like soy replacement for ground beef like i could easily make a vegetarian version of this but i never would maybe you should i'd be curious to know if it was good meatloaf isn't bad it's just it's just i just don't think it's someone's favorite meal it doesn't look good just based on the picture and this mary's meatloaf looks even worse even though it's basically the same uh recipe that is not my fault well i don't think it's it doesn't say mary (laughs) quickowski meatloaf it just says mary's meatloaf (laughs) all right good italian mozzarella stuffed meatloaf yeah i can't tell if that sounds better or worse i just when you're looking at a recipe and it says yield one loaf like it just it feels wrong oh actually this one i think would be better because it uses tomato sauce instead of ketchup and so and it has some cheese i think that this one would be better it looks worse to look at one loaf is eight servings i'm sorry this is it's almost like we went off on our casserole tangent and is meatloaf a casserole i think there's an argument to be made do i need to call my mom and ask her if meatloaf is a casserole (laughs) she was the one who gave me the advice on casserole last time this is a fun segment that i have on quite a lot of podcasts actually where i just call my mom and ask her things i I actually still couldn't would not say I'm 100% clear on what a, a casserole really is because I think it's just you cook something in the oven basically. <laughs> we went like, through this. Cream. We went through this and I'm pretty sure we determined or at least I was fighting that a casserole. Hey, hey question. You're on a podcast by the way. You're on speakerphone. Welcome. All right. Question. First off, I need you to explain to Kirsten again what a casserole is. What a what is? A casserole. A casserole is a one-dish meal, um, usually made in maybe a 13 by 9 inch pan. It usually has either potatoes or pasta or rice and then some vegetables and a meat. Okay, and when you say one dish, you mean like you're not going to have sides with it? No, no, no. It's a one-dish meal. Everything's in one dish. Like, for example, a tuna noodle casserole. (laughs) Kirsten made like a really disgusted face at that one. She didn't know. Oh, it's delicious. She does not know what she's missing. (laughs) It's not my favorite casserole, but it's, you know, it's a casserole. Okay, then we have a second question, which is, is meatloaf a casserole? I say no, because normally there are sides with meatloaf. I would say meatloaf is not a casserole. Yeah. For the same reasons. Yes. Yes. Now, now, meatloaf and shepherd's pie, meatloaf is kind of like one of the layers in a shepherd's pie, though, in in a way. I mean, kind of, but usually it's just a layer of ground beef in a shepherd's pie. But meatloaf, like, when you eat meatloaf normally the most common sides are like peas or green beans and then like mashed potatoes and like you put all those things together it is a lot of the same ingredients as shepherd's pie just in a different formation right right. interesting 
casseroles, there's only probably like 12 ingredients for any casseroles, and you just put all those together Okay, in different combinations. Follow-up question. Is okay. it, I feel like it's such a trope on TV and movies to say that like, oh, we're having meatloaf. It's so-and-so's favorite meal. Nobody's favorite meal is meatloaf. Like, meatloaf is fine, but it's nobody's favorite, right? I, I would not go out a limb, go out on a limb and say that it's nobody's favorite. I think there's probably somebody. But it's not oh, your psychos favorite, everywhere. Right? Not my favorite. No, it's yeah. not my favorite. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for calling in. Any other questions for my mom, Kirsten? Was that it? <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm still horrified about this tuna noodle casserole. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. She's still horrified okay. about tuna noodle casserole. I can send her a recipe. I can send her a no, recipe. Well, find a vegetarian one. <laughs> oh, I don't know if there is vegetarian tuna. I don't know. I don't want to know. She doesn't want to know if there is. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Get her right on speed dial. Okay. Well, we stalled for long enough. We have to get back to the episode, unfortunately. <laughs> so Veronica makes a fancy meal. It's no casserole. What does she make? Chicken? It was like... Chicken cordon bleu. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I mean, it's like one of those I'm, things I've I'm heard of. I'm pretty sure that it's like a chicken breast with like cheese inside. Like blue cheese? No. Uh, well, then why else would it be? Um. Um, well, it's it's en français. Okay, so chicken cornel is okay. There's chicken breast, and it's you pound it until it's thin. You layer it with ham and cheese. Roll it into a log. Chill it. Then you put it in flour and egg and breadcrumbs and deep fry it. So it's deep fried chicken with ham and cheese inside it. That does not sound fancy to me. Yeah, it like it's the name sounds fancy, but when you actually describe it, it sounds the opposite of fancy. It sounds horrible. All right. Hot take by me. I don't like anything that's like stuffed with cheese. Like anything that had like I would rather have the non stuffed with cheese version and have like cheese on the side or on top. I like a matzo stick. Yeah. See, I don't like that. But and other I don't, I don't than like that. I don't like when you have like pizza where the crust has like cheese in it. I don't like that. Mm, that Pizza Hut used to have good cheese and then they changed their cheese. I think it's the kind of thing where if something is going to be stuffed with cheese, you need to eat it instantly while it's still gooey. Otherwise, yeah. once it like hardens, I don't like it. I don't want like a cheese stick inside my bread. Like someone hands you a, a matzo stick and you take a bite and it's like cold and yeah, so it's just like, like a heart, a cheese string with breading on it. No, I don't want that. But if it's hot, I'm interested. Yeah. It's a conversation we could be having. Yeah. And then we actually see Frank and Archie go fight fire for the first time ever. So they get called away to leave and Veronica, this is when Jughead goes to eat in the garage. Okay, here's my hot take. Veronica sings Superboy and the Invisible Girl, which I think sounded like the most interesting song. Like I'd like to hear other versions of that. And I also thought Veronica sounded okay. I thought the like theme execution of like, oh, Veronica feels like she's invisible in this relationship. Wow, did that happen fast? They've moved in for like, what, one day and she's already feeling that way? So I thought that was a little like too flimsy, but I thought she was really good in this one and I liked it. I mean, I think it makes a little bit of sense because like all of Archie and Veronica's relationship, we've never really gotten the why factor. It's always just been kind of like, well, they're hot and they have sexual chemistry and that's not really a basis for a relationship if you're not going to put in the work. They've never put in the work. She asked Archie what his five-year plan is, and he was like, I don't know. I'll be with you, and I'm happy to just support you.
you. Whereas like Reggie is like, I want to become a licensed stockbroker. I want to move to New York. I want to have a penthouse. I, I, I'm i ambitious. And Veronica likes ambition. And Archie, like he is ambitious and wanting to like save Riverdale, but he's always going to hedge that and be like, oh, but Veronica, I, I would never let you pass anything up. I think, yeah, we're kind of skipping ahead to a different conversation, but we can talk about it now. So yeah, Veronica is going to check in with Archie. And like you said, ask her about where he sees them in the next five years. And he says he doesn't want to hold her back, but that truthfully, he wants to be in Riverdale in the next five years. And then he asks her if that's a deal breaker. She says no, but it's good to have these honest conversations. All right. I appreciate them having that. I don't think she was really being honest in that conversation, but it's, yeah, it's not enough. Well, I'm not going to say it's not enough. Archie like clearly wants a different relationship. Like he wants a relationship where he can be there and doing his thing. And then he's happy if she wants to just kind of hang around. It's not really enough to say like, oh, I'm not going to hold you back from making different decisions. Somebody like Veronica who wants to be in a relationship with him, that's not really what you want to hear. You want to hear like, let's figure this out and work out how we can both get what we want. And he's not really willing to do that. So yeah, it really seems like they have chemistry, but they don't have like the logistics down of how this is going to work. Yeah. And that's kind of important as like an adult to be thinking about in your um, life. I agree. But I do also feel, and like this comes up at like the end of the episode, but Veronica's like, we're 25 now. We don't have time to mess around. And it's like, ma'am, you're 25. You have time to mess around. It's it's fine. Stop it. Yeah, I agree. I need someone to tell me that. Yeah, Mary, you have time to mess around. Thank you. Thank you. Allie and fake Polly and fake Charles sing another song. It's going to be good. I really can't get over Matt Elrod in this scene. He was acting so goofy, and I thought that was really funny. I got to tell you, I had trouble looking at the screen for this episode. Like, I was like, oh, it's still on? Like, we were like, we, this is, we're recording Saturday morning. We were supposed to record on Thursday because I had Thursday off work, and I watched it during the day, and I was like, oh, this is great. We can get it out of the way. And I literally texted Mary, not because I had like other plans or something came <laughs> up. I was just like, I can't do this today. Can we please push it? Like, I I, I physically can't talk about this today. Like, that's that's where I was at when I was watching the episode. Yeah, if it's not clear, this was the episode of Riverdale that almost broke Kirsten. I might be broken. Like, I might just be a broken person now. We're, we're almost at the end. Home stretch. It was so bad. And like, there were so many aspects that could have been really interesting. Like, they could have really explored the Veronica Reggie Archie type thing. They could have really explored finding a home for Britta. They could have really explored grief over Polly's death, but instead they did this. They just did it to hurt me personally and you can't tell me otherwise. Like, it's so bad. I think that we're going to get more of the Archie, Veronica, Reggie stuff in the next episode. I don't know about the Britta thing. That may just... That could be over now. That could be over and she's just with Cheryl. And I think uh, from the preview, there's going to be a lot of Cheryl in the next episode, but I don't think that like, I don't think Britta's going to factor in to that probably. Well, and I feel like when we were talking about Reggie and Veronica last week, I think I literally said like this would be so much more compelling if they were like actually together and like there was a reason for it. And I do think that that's the direction we're going towards. Well, because that makes sense, right? And I also last week said, oh, are you sensing a little Tony and Fangs? And you said no. I know. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was right. (laughs) And I want to touch down on like now that we're talking about a lot of the Archie Veronica stuff, what this is reminding me 
me of is any rom-com where you have two people who really have emotional feelings for each other or attraction, but their lives don't necessarily work well together. And usually like she's a corporate lawyer who hates Christmas and he works at the coffee shop in the small town yes. where she grew up. And what you'll find is usually at the end of the movie, they just decide, but we love each other so much, let's be together. And that's the end. And what we're seeing from this is if Riverdale was a show that ended after high school or whatever, Archie and Veronica would have gotten together. The end, we would never hear about it again. But if you actually checked back in on them five years down the road, this would be the scenario of they're like not really making it work and making it happy. Like that's why a lot of times those rom-coms, if they have a sequel, the beginning of the sequel is like, hey, remember that guy who I got with last movie? Yeah, we're broken up now. It didn't actually work out. Enter the new love interest or the whole movie is about trying to fix their relationship or whatever. So I think that this is like actually pretty realistic of like what if these people were real people, Veronica and Reggie would get together because they are more similar and want the same things and would now you say that. But then again, uh, what's his name? Chad and Veronica thought that they were similar and stuff, but he was just, I guess, a bad person. If if this if it was about like realism, Reggie and Veronica would have been the high school sweethearts who moved to New York together and like became stockbrokers together and like maybe it would have worked out maybe it wouldn't have worked out but it would have made more sense like th- like Veronica and Reggie just have so much more chemistry than Veronica and Archie yeah well and Veronica and Archie like Archie is never gonna want to move to New York so the options are either that Veronica like tries to bring New York to Riverdale which she's kind of been trying to do throughout this season and it never has worked and it doesn't work or yeah no that's really it or she just like like I don't think Archie Archie doesn't as, as the character is written he doesn't have the capacity to change to be like a big city guy like he's just not he's, he's a small town guy he's a small town firefighting ex marine or whatever he is ex army uh, well I mean every flashback of the war looks like he was in world war one so I don't really know what he was I don't really know what he was either anyway so yeah that doesn't really work oh well okay <laughs> oh well yeah oh well so then let's see Betty brings Polly's ashes and kind of sort of like brings Alice a little bit back down to earth a little bit and she agrees to go to the city and see a Broadway show with her. Then uh, we have more of that Veronica Archie stuff we already talked about. And then Cheryl, th- I don't know, this, I don't really get what this scene's about. I think that this is going to lead into the next episode based on the preview. Cheryl's praying. Her entire congregation has left. I don't know why. I guess yeah. Kevin was really holding everyone together. Then he wanted the production value. Yeah, and Penelope is like, haha, you thought that my church was fake, but actually yours is. And Cheryl's like, I just want to pray to my Mother Earth and also you, Mother, are my devil. And then she like splashes her with holy water. Yeah, and and it was weird and I I didn't love it. Yeah, she sings another song through this called Didn't I See This Movie, to which was another song that I'm like, eh, not really loving the execution here, but I feel like this is a song that I want to look up because it sounded like an interesting song. This episode has made me never want to know anything about the actual (laughs) songs from next like, I literally, if someone says next to normal to me, I'm like, mm-mm, back I off, thought it buddy. sounded interesting. Although, I don't normally gravitate toward, like, sad musicals. I've seen a couple, and they, they like, are good, but they make me sad. I don't really want to be sad from a musical. And then Reggie uh, is studying for some kind of, like, licensed stockbroker yeah, he's, test. He's going to become licensed. I don't know what you need to become a licensed stockbroker, but he wants to, like, legally do what he's been doing illegally with Veronica. Is Veronica a licensed stockbroker? I would assume so, right? I'm assuming that she is, but th- 
that the work that she is doing is not licensed at um, Pearls and Posh. Gotcha. Um, And then, yeah, he talks about his dream to move to New York and have a penthouse. And Veronica is clearly like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, that's what she wants. She wants a penthouse in New York. Yeah. And then we kind of revert back again because Betty and Alice are like almost out the door getting ready to go to New York. And they're going to see Moulin Rouge, which I was pretty sad. Yeah, I was trying to decide if that was really the best choice here. I mean, I'm not saying when you're grieving that you like should stay away from sad stuff. Sometimes that can kind of help. But I don't know. I mean, they went to see Next to Normal for Mother's Day. I don't think that they're making choices based on what's logical for their life. They probably were like, these are the tickets we can get. We're going to go. Yeah. Which I feel like Moulin Rouge was like a hard one to get tickets for. So good for them. Moulin Rouge has only like relatively recently been a Broadway show, right? Like in the last five five years or so. I Um, would even, I don't even think it's been that long. I've never seen the Broadway version. I've only seen the movie. Love the movie, but you know, I'll watch anything with Um, Ewan McGregor. So when did, because I know that this was recent. Oh, I guess it did premiere in, it premiered three years ago in 2018. Does Moulin Rouge count as a jukebox musical? Hmm. Like it has a couple original songs, but most of them are like, I don't know. But it's not like Mamma Mia where it's all one artist. I don't know if it counts as a jukebox because there are the original songs. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Anyway, I'd like to see Moulin Rouge at some point. I said I didn't like sad things, but since only like part of it's sad, I I love Moulin Rouge. (laughs) But then fake Polly doesn't want Alice to leave the house. Well, and and Alice also is like, wait, what? Only the two of us? Like, I thought you got tickets for our whole family. And Betty's like, they're dead. Yeah. Uh, Polly and Charles sing I'm Alive. And Betty's kind of like, hey, mom, they're not. Like, I'm the one who's here. I'm the one who, like, needs you in the moment, not your fake children who aren't here. Mm-hmm. And then Alice is a little harsh here, and I t- kind of don't understand. So Alice says that seven years ago, Betty left her, even though she promised she wouldn't, and promised she would come back to Riverdale. What? She went to college. Was yeah, Alice really I- telling her not to go to college? I don't remember a- that being Alice a thing. Alice never told her not to go to college, but um, Alice and Betty had a conversation where Betty was like, I promise. Like, Alice was like, I'm going to be left all alone. Everyone is gone. FP is gone. Everyone is leaving. And Betty was like, I'm not going to be that far away. And I'll come back for Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays and blah, blah, blah. But then I guess she just never came back, which is like, I don't blame her. She got out of her like toxic family situation and she probably didn't want to come back. Yeah. But like Alice is grieving right now. Like I'm not really going to blame Alice for the harsh things that she's saying in her grief. Like people are when they're sad are monsters to the people they love. I'm not blaming her for saying that. I mean, I think it was harsh, but like, I understand why she's saying it. But it was more so that I don't understand the original. Like, I feel like at the end of season four, we were like, hey, you know what the better idea should be? Like, Alice should probably leave and like not yeah, stay Alice in Alice also should have leave, left, but she didn't leave. And like, yeah, Betty probably should have seen her mom during those seven years. Probably. And her sister. And then so she blames Betty for Polly's death since it happened when Betty came back. I don't really think those were related realistically. I don't think she but- actually blames Betty for the death either. I think that she's just lashing out because she is sad. So Betty says that they have reservation at Smarties. I don't know if this is a close but no cigar for something I'm missing. There is a restaurant called Smarties in New York, but it's like a chicken barbecue and ice cream shop. So like kind of pops-ish, but like more outdoors, it looks like. So I don't know if it's the kind of place that you would like need a reservation. Well, when I look up Smarties... It's also, I don't think, in New York City. It's not in the city. Yeah. Also, on the Facebook page, as of July 19th, oh no, Smarty had too many strokes. Oh no. But he's discharged and recovering and on the road to improved health. Well, that's good to hear. So I don't know. I think this is a close but no cigar for something, but I'm just not sure what it is. 
is. Well, yeah, because if it's referring to this actual Smarties place, that's like four hours away. Yeah, from I don't think Manhattan it's that by so, car, so it can't be that. Let us know because I hate missing close but no cigars. So let me know if if somebody figures out what it's supposed is to be. Is there like a Marty's or something? I'm sure it's like a famous. Let me look up like famous New York restaurants. Keen's Steakhouse, Katz's. No. There's um, Marty's is a sightseeing agency in New York. Hmm. I don't think that's right. I'm not. Nothing is jumping out at me. Can one of our New York listeners tell us? Yeah. Or is there, is it, maybe is it not like a, a Smarties Marty's thing, but is there something that's called like stupids or something? I don't know. Dummies. <laughs> Dummy, is dummies a thing? Dummies. New York City. Is it in relation to like Dumbo, which is like no. by the Brooklyn Bridge? All I got was New York City for Dummies, the book. That's not what I'm looking for. All right. Somebody somebody let us know. I think it could be related to like Dumbo, which is the like area under the, it stands for down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. But is there it's a restaurant Brooklyn? called Dumbo? Uh, well, it's like a whole area of the city. She said they and have I reservations. So I just don't Yeah, know. but it might have been for like some sort of tour thing to like get a picture by the bridge. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm so confused. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Someone will tell us. I feel yeah. like we've done enough like trying to figure it out. Like we've done our due diligence. Yeah. I'm just never going to get over the one where we didn't understand the Barnes and Noble one. <laughs> what was that one again? It was like Sheets and Royal or something. No, what was it? It, it was a Sheds and Royal. <laughs> Sheds and Royal. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, Um, I don't feel bad about that because we don't have Barnes and Noble in Canada and we never have. So why would it I think about it? It was also the context of like that was a place that I think Kevin was going to like hook up with people at or something. And I'm like, what? No, do I don't hook think up that's in the right. Noble? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they do. Okay. So then Tabitha's dad talks with Jughead. And I thought this scene was really funny. He tells Jughead that his daughter is like going through a phase and that she's out of his league and he should just not show up to dinner. And he's like, you remind me of Hiram Lodge. <laughs> Tabitha's dad just says, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> I love that so Which much. is funny, but also we've been led to believe that Hiram Lodge has been in the news a lot for being like a, a famous like criminal in America. So like... <laughs> Well, so it's either one thing or another, right? Because this just reminds me of when Archie, like, yelled at the therapist and she was like, who, the rum maker? Like, it cracks me up that I think Hiram Lodge is just, like, well-known in Riverdale, but the second you get someone from outside of Riverdale in, they have no clue who he is. Yeah, but he was national news in, like, the first two episodes of the show when he went to jail. I know. So either people should know who he is or Riverdale is just, like, really such a, like, secluded community that they don't you, understand how, like, no one else cares. <laughs> but you would think that Pop Tate's uh, son would know about Hiram, considering all the shenanigans. Also, this is so clear for why Pop Tate, like, has been running Pops for so long, because, like, his son hates it. Anyway, uh, and then he gives him a, a s- <laughs> swell agrino for the road, which I loved so much. So that's definitely a close enough cigar. Thank you. Yes. For the Pellegrino. Swell agrino. <laughs> uh, what a swell agrino idea. Uh, what an idiot. Oh my gosh. And the Swellagrino's like protein drink version could be like Swellagrino. 
Get out of here. All right. Um, This has already gone on too long. I know. I'm trying to speed this up. It's because we had a 20-minute discussion on Meatloaf. All right. Then we can skip this Kay. scene because we already talked that about the Archie important. Veronica one. Yeah. Archie and Veronica are like, they talk about what's happening in five years. Yes. And Veronica's like, Mar, I don't know. Tony is like, no one wants to take in Britta. And Fangs is like, why don't you ask Cheryl? Cheryl what, likes helping people now. And Tony's like, Mar, I don't want to. <laughs> Which I guess true that Cheryl likes helping people now because she took in the twins, but also like, I don't know if that's really the safest place to send a young child when... To a cult? Yeah. To a literal cult? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not the best place. This feels like a bad idea. Betty reaches out to Kevin and he sings Make Up Your Mind slash Catch Me I'm Falling, which Tony and Veronica also like chime in for a sec. I'm not really sure why. I don't know. But basically the, the, the moral of this is Kevin's like, go like talk to your mom. Like, what are you doing? Go talk to your mom. Yeah, so then there's the Mother's Day dinner with the Tate family. Jughead shows up and they sing, hey, number three slash perfect for you reprise. <laughs> and they leave and go to the Andrew's garage. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think Jughead lives there. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think the show forgot that he got mad at Archie and moved out. I think so. Unless Jughead was originally living in the house and then was like, I'm moving out and moved into the garage. He w- yeah, because he was sleeping on Archie's couch for a while. So I think from what I remember in the episode where Jughead is like tripping and like passed out with a hurt hand. In that episode, when Jessica comes back, it's like Jessica and Betty and Tabitha are all looking for Jughead, but like Jessica's really looking for his manuscript. And they go to the garage and they're like, yeah, this is where Jughead's been staying. And she's like looking through the stuff anyway. So that was whatever. I don't know. I I don't like the Jughead Tabitha thing. It's fine. It's whatever. I just don't think they have like great chemistry either. Like I think the scenes where Tabitha and Betty are like working together as friends, like they have better friend chemistry than I get from like romantic chemistry with Tabitha and Jughead. Yes, I agree. But I don't know. So I I feel like I would just like to see more Betty and Tabitha together, but maybe it's because all the scenes seem forced because it's a musical setting, which it's definitely not helping them. And then Cheryl agrees to take in Britta. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, you would trust me with such like precious cargo? It was weird. I don't like that. Veronica talks with Archie again and she's like, hey, in my marriage with Chad, I felt muted and I'm starting to feel that way again. And she says, maybe we should take a beat and slow down. And he says- I think she means let's break up. She means let's break up. Okay, because I was confused. I'm like, what does she want? Because he's like, why don't we go back to dating? And she says they're not in high school, so they can't do that. First off, you can date at 25. You don't need to like settle down. Like, guess what? You could date at 25, 35, 45. There's no set timeline. You can just date in your life. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, So I, I don't really know what she wants. I think what she wants is to go be with Reggie and go back to New Mm -hmm. York City, but we'll see. Betty comes back to Alice. She took away the record player. She apologizes. They sing another song called Why Stay? And then the fake Polly and fake Charles leave. This was weird. I don't know why Charles is in like football gear, but Polly looks like she actually did in this season with like her hair down and wearing more makeup and stuff. I I liked that with Polly. I feel like they should have put Charles in like the orange jumpsuit (laughs) and had him leave. Oh my God. Like every version of Charles that like Alice thinks about is just like a fake version of Charles. If you wanted it to be like the last time we saw him, put him in the orange jumpsuit. If you wanted it to be like the 
last good time we saw him, put him in like a FBI suit or whatever. I, whatever. I don't understand the Charles thing. I was just so surprised he came back for this episode. But like, what else is Wyatt Nash doing? Probably nothing. I'm sorry. Maybe he's doing great things. I don't know. I just, here's <laughs> the thing. I think that Alice has a really hard time conceptualizing the fact that she sent her firstborn child away for adoption and did not raise him herself. And so in this, though Charles is not dead, he's in jail. She's mourning for the life she could have had with him yes. if she had raised him. Wow. That's why he's in a football uniform. Look at that beautiful, like, introspection you just did on an episode you hate. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, there's a reason for it. It's still yeah. a stupid episode and I hated it. But, like, there's a re like, th- th- there is, I think, I think that's the reason for that. But I would hate to give the creators of the show too much credit. I like that. I think you're right, though. That I didn't think about it that way. Very nice. It gives me a real downer if he's in his prison jumpsuit. <laughs> I know. Like, this episode's already a downer. You What, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, she's imagining that he, what, broke out of prison to hang out with her? Here are just some more things that I wanted from the Charles plotline. Because it's she wanted Charles, she would go visit him in prison right now. True. Which I think she was visiting him in prison for a while too. Like that's mm-hmm. why he wanted her to marry him. I mean, you know. Yeah, to like be the be the officiant. Uh, yes. I am annoyed that the whole Charles thing has been going on since like season early season two, maybe even late season one. Mm-hmm. And I'm annoyed with the fact that we never really had like any scenes between like FP and Charles. Or like we have barely any between Jughead and Charles and when they did, they're like, oh, I guess we're brothers. Like, I I don't... Mary, you've brought this up at least four times. I'm so... Like, I just feel like this is, like, a huge ball they dropped. If they wanted to have Charles be a character and, like, have this interesting thing, I don't know. The whole... Like, I really like the FP-Alice relationship and they just dropped the ball in so many places for, like, what I wanted to see from it. But it's fine. I know. You know what? This is what fan fiction is for. Yeah, the show... Guess what? It's bad. Yeah. Okay. Then they sing next to normal. And back at Pops, Jughead, Kevin, and Tabitha... I don't know why Kevin's there. Because they they want him to be on the show now. Okay. I I was confused about this because, so Kevin, no, I I don't know. Like there was a obvious moment where Tabitha and Jughead like held hands and then like zooms in on Kevin. And I was like, is this like where he's going to like go tell Betty that like they're together? Or like, was this, was he really moved by the Shakespeare quote that Jughead gave? I like, I'm very confused. I don't know. Honestly, we may never know. I feel like this was a deleted scene thing because here's what I think happened. I think that Jughead says we cannot hold mortality strong hand but we can hold each other's and Kevin like notes that when they hold hands and then the next time we see Kevin he's sitting down at a table and you see that he's like looking at his phone which I felt like was kind of a random thing to like put in the episode so my guess is that scene had like a little bit more at the beginning where you like see what Kevin's looking at on his phone and it's either one of two things one he's decided he wants to try with fangs again which would be good drama based on the fangs and Tony scene we get Mm -hmm. and so he's like scrolling through pictures of him and fangs or something or number two he's decided he needs to move on and he's like scrolling. He's on grind. Yeah, he's like on some like dating app or something. I think that that is probably, it's probably like a, a scene they decide to cut a little loose because otherwise I don't, I don't know. Again, maybe they well, just I had Kevin I think it's there, also but. like, like why would that belong in this episode? Like it makes sense to me if like at the end of the season, Kevin is saying, oh, I'm going to get things back or oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to like have something else. In this episode, it's kind of like not grounded or anchored. Yeah. So I don't know. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading too much into this and they didn't actually cut anything out, but I just think, like, if you're gonna have an actual 
actor hold a phone. I mean, because they had to like, you know, have the light coming off the phone and all that. I just feel like that they would have had a reason for it. And it, I don't know. Anyway. I too always have a reason when I'm holding my phone. (laughs) So you were right. Props to Kirsten, Tony, and Fangs. It's a thing. She thinks she loves him. He thinks he loves her. I also think that there was some evidence for this in the last episode because they've kind of gone back and forth on this in the show a little bit, but they like reiterated in the last episode that they both said that they were bi. And Mm -hmm. I think that that was important. So I I agree. And I said, I'm getting, I feel like it's going to be Tony and Fangs. And you said, no. And I said, I don't know. And then the next episode. Do you like Tony and Fangs? Um, I don't have a problem with it. I feel like we've never actually gotten to know Fangs or even for that matter, Tony well enough to actually like have a stake in their relationship. But uh, if this is a way to get them both having like bigger parts of the plot, then I'm all for it. I like it. I think I think they should be in a throuple with Kevin. Yeah. I think they should be in a throuple. Yeah, I think the, Why not? the part that I'm kind of like hung up on is like more of the structure of the show thing, right? Where it's like we spent multiple seasons being like, Tony is with Cheryl. And then now it's like, are we just going to, I don't know, I guess my, my TV brain is like, oh, well, in the end, though, they're going to like have all the characters go back to those early couples because otherwise, what was the point? But you know what? Maybe I wouldn't hate it. End of season six, finale of the show. Maybe Reggie and Veronica are together. Betty's moved on and is not with anybody. We got Jughead and Tabitha and Fangs and no, Tony. No, Betty and Jughead are getting back together. Stop I know, it. I know, but I just like, I'm trying to figure out how they're going to do that because I think structurally, if you have a six season show, you don't do four seasons with people together, one season with them apart, and then they're back together. Well, actually, you totally could. I mean, that's like how Gilmore Girls worked. So like, you absolutely you can. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Tony and Fangs are getting along. Veronica leaves Archie. Kevin and Tabitha are hanging out at Pops. We talked about that. Britta and Cheryl are playing chess and Alice and Belly sing light. And then we get a small clip of the memorial service where the twins were there and Cheryl is dressed absurdly for it being a formal event. Yeah, they're all and well and like was it the twins that were in like the weird robes? No, that was uh Britta was wearing a cape. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought that Britta was there in a cape, and then I just convinced myself that it was the twins because it was so absurd that she would be in a cape. They actually even mentioned that in the scene before where Tony or not Tony, Tabitha and Jughead are talking, I think. Or maybe it was Tony and Fangs. Maybe it was Tony and Fangs. That makes more sense. And they were like, Oh, it seems like Cheryl and Britta are getting along, and Tony's like, Yeah, or one of them is like, Yeah, she even got Britta in a cape already. And then we actually see her in a cape. I don't... uh, Did they dye her hair red too? It looks like her hair is more red. It might be. I don't know. There's a lot of redheads in Riverdale. Way more redheads than... I don't know what the percentage is. Then is what is good and natural. No, I was just gonna say that I think like there actually are. And like it seems like all the redheads in the world... Like Riverdale is like 40% redheads. Well, they've got those gene mutations. Yeah, so many blossoms. Okay, so that was the episode. You know, we talked about it, but obviously next to normal. The name of the episode was a 2008, uh, well, at least it started in Off-Broadway 2008, uh, musical with uh, music by Tom Kitt, lyrics by Brian Yorkie and book by Brian Yorkie. And kind of already talked about what it was, but yeah. you know, there you go. That's that. That's that. And you have no interest in next to normal. You're going to, are you going to like purposely block it from your mind? I'm not going to like block it from my mind, but I'm also not going to seek it out. Okay, fair enough. We have to talk about the poll from last week that we did about the 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 moms yes so we had 
had discussed last week that we were going to have a poll to describe how we're going to refer to the Riverdale moms. And our options were River Mommies, Mother Dales, or River Moms. It was a pretty close poll. Uh, 33.3% for River Mommies, 27.8% for River Moms, and the winner, Mother Dales, with 38.9%. So, okay. The Mother Dales. My mom tweeted and suggested we call them River Mamas, which I did not like. And um, Morgan said voting River Mommies just so you have to keep saying it. I Thank you for voting, but I'm sorry. Mother Dales is the winner. So that's going on the canon list, unfortunately. <laughs> so we've got River Daddies and Mother Dales. <laughs> Iconic. River Daddy and Mother Dales. Yep. Okay. Uh, delightful. So, you know what? Um, if anybody has, if you want to blame anyone, blame the, uh, 38% of people who voted for Mother Dales. And me for coming up with it. Yes. <laughs> Thoughts from our listeners this week. What up? Tim says, leave it to Riverdale to take decent dramatic episode of story with important issues and crap on it with singing. Oh, and it's tangs or phony. All right. Let's take the first part. Uh, yes, that's, I think, 100% what Kirsten has been saying. And what are we with tangs or phony i th- do we think the relationship is lasting if the relationship is lasting it's tangs if it's gonna be a brief blip it's phony i think it's a brief blip but i don't think that they're gonna end badly i think they're just going to eventually decide that they to be friends to and be raise friends the baby together and that kevin's okay, gonna, gonna come I back in tangs. the picture okay we're going with tangs y'all that's going on the list or wait would it be tongs like tongs because she's tony not- oh are we okay we could do tongs if you want to take the first two letters from tony instead we, the tea. We could take- <laughs> Do we like tongs better? I think tangs is probably better, but tongs is funnier. All right, we're not doing a poll. We're just going to have both of them. <laughs> okay, um, Aaron says uh, that they are behind on Riverdale, so I just caught up on Kowski Cast, and I have to say, Frail- at Frail Mary, I love how you stitched the separate audios of you and Kirsten said what together. It was a really creative and fun way to handle it. Aw, thank you. Should we do all of them separate? No. <laughs> I could have, I almost suggested doing this one separate because I think I could have gotten in and out in 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. I think I would have spent even longer by myself somehow. It's just not as interesting. <laughs> we all know that the banter is better. The bands. Of course, Zev gives us their very long episode thoughts, which are, they say, because I know how much Kirsten loves them, I submit this comment as a Jughead narration. I sp- I apologize in advance. <laughs> oh, okay, great. I haven't read this yet. Okay. In a town like Riverdale, <laughs> in a town like Riverdale, where murder is always an option, it's best not to throw stones at the wrong people. Otherwise, you might find yourself buried in stones. Literally. I was never shown (laughs) to know. I was never shown to know about this, but surely someone told me about my quote-unquote best friend, Archie, and that Eric guy being involved in the mine collapse. Anyway, with Eric at the hospital, or not, I don't know. I don't know that man. (laughs) It was the perfect time to move in and steal back Archie, but I wasn't the only one reconnecting. Elsewhere, in the wilderness of Riverdale, two serpents began to coil Ew. as a moose vanishes beyond the Riverdale tree line or something. Who cares? In the end, the moose was just another victim to the serpent fangs. There's a reason I don't read Riverdale fan fiction. And, in the, <laughs> and at the end of this, they say, TLDR, where's Eric and weren't moose and fangs a thing? I did notice the absence of Eric. I think the reason Eric was mostly absent was they're like, Eric has no relationship with the Coopers. And so we don't really need him here grieving for this episode. He has nothing, he has nothing to do with any of this. Yeah, although they did notably have Frank here. I think it would have been funnier just to add 
add to the like Veronica moving in and there's three other men in this house in addition to Archie, but okay. I don't know, man. Maybe he's gonna go live in the palace. What's the hotel called? The palace? Um, the Pembroke? Yeah. Pembroke. Oh, I think the palace might be from Gossip Girl. Yeah. It's true. Maybe fa- or maybe um Eric is in the hospital. He did he did get like buried under a bunch of stones. Oh, I get it. Buried in now I understand your comments, Ev. Okay, thank you. That was very clever. Oh my god. And then as for Moose, I think Moose and Fangs were just like hooking up for a sec. I think he was just like yeah, stopping by. Mm, I think it wasn't serious. It, it just it, people hook up, okay? Well, they got needs. Yeah, so I think it was fine. So that happened, and awesome, cool. Next week, I'm pretty sure is the finale. It is finale of season five. Finale. It's and been a long time. We have coming. a month off, and then it's season six. Yeah. So whatever. Get ready for Spooktober, everybody. Thank God. We get most of the month off. Who is the most normal person? Wow. Okay. They weren't in it very much. Could be Kevin, because Kevin was like, just go talk to your mom. And like, kind of gave some good advice. Could, I was going to say it was could be Fangs or Tony, but they did leave Britta with Cheryl, which I still think is a bad idea. I mean, they, they were just trying to find someone to take her in. Yeah, but like... Yeah, I don't know. Can she like move in with Tabitha? Like, I don't know. I don't. What Tabitha needs to raise a child now? Cheryl too? doesn't. Cheryl has money in a big house. I don't know. I think that there could be an argument for Betty being the most normal person of the episode. True. She's trying to get her mom to face her grief. She's just she doesn't do anything too wild. No, she really doesn't. You're right. And she was in the episode a bit. Like the number of times I've suggested Kevin, and you're like, he was in it for thirty seconds. Yeah. Makes me feel like we can't give it to Kevin. Kevin has also already gotten it twice this season, which I know is not like a rule. We don't like limit ourselves. Betty has not gotten it at all. I think that there's an argument to be made. Technically, in episode eight, we gave it to Barchi, not as a couple, but as a couple of people. (laughs) Okay. Um, What about Tabitha's dad? He hates Riverdale, he left as soon as he could, and he just wants better for his daughter. Is it realistic that he doesn't know who Hiram is? Well, and that's the big question. We don't know. We don't know. I don't know. I think I'd rather give it to Betty, just because I agreed with your take that, like, she was she was really just trying here. Okay. Then B- Betty, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, Betty, I guess, is the answer. Okay, cool. And uh, and that's, that's it for our segments, I think. Thanks, everyone. Kirsten, any final thoughts? I'm just so glad there will be... Be no more musical episodes in season five. They did it to us twice. Did they? What was the other musical episode? The Backdoor Pilot. Oh. I don't know if that counts because at least that was like not a musical. I don't know. That one was better because at least it was people who can actually sing. Also true. But yeah, they mm, too much music. Because I think my blood. when they cast season one of Riverdale, I do think they specifically cast Josie and the Pussycats to be people who were good singers. Yeah, because they are singers and that's their character. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. Well, everyone, that's that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time for the finale, episode 19. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform, and you can check out everything else we're doing over on KowskiCast at KowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K. You can also check out everything that both myself and Kirsten are doing over on Rob's podcast. I know there's a lot going on there. I was just on the Circle finale coverage ooh, for ooh, Circle ooh. season three. thought it was a pretty good season. You know, I'm like a mm, Circle casual. I finished it so. yet. How far are you? There's, mm, I have five episodes to watch. Okay. I The beauty of The Circle is that I think everyone is a casual. Yeah. And I think anyone who tries to make The Circle serious is ruining The Circle and needs to be stopped. That's something I've kind of come to terms with is like, instead of talking about how I think The Circle should change to be more strategic, I think I just need to accept The Circle for what it is. 
is. It's not a strategic show. Yeah. And I like that about it. Me too. I liked some of the changes they made this season to like add an element of strategy to where there previously kind of was none. But, but you know, it's it can be what it is. I'll, I'll eventually- Just let it be what it is. I'll eventually get used to the idea of them having individual dance parties for no reason. You don't have to get used okay, to that. Thanks. That's pretty weird. You can follow Kirsten everywhere at Kirsten Said What. Make sure you check out Kirsten, especially on Twitch. Are you going to be streaming Among Us this week? Oh, yeah, nice. baby. I have made bold promises that I will also stream, so. <laughs> yeah, you keep saying it, and then I keep going to, like, open up Twitch, and I'm like, where is she? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it tomorrow. There. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, Kirsten, what else are you doing? Um, I've got my weekly BoJack Horseman rewatch podcast with uh, Lindsay Wilson. It's called BoJack Horse Pod, and uh, we're in season four of BoJack. It's really uh, been great. Now, I hate to bring this up, but I'm going to. Okay. It is October, mm-hmm. and we are both really busy, mm-hmm. but I've been having a hankering to watch some One Tree Hill. <laughs> Um, I cannot make any promises on that at this time because I'm currently five seasons deep in a Grey's Anatomy binge and it's really taken up a lot of my time. How how long is Grey's Anatomy? Isn't it still going? Like, aren't they still there doing are, it? Season 18 just started, I think, on TV. So I have 17 seasons to get through. So look. Well, I've already watched four and a half, so I guess I just want less. everyone to know that I have not forgotten about One Tree Hill. Like, it's very much on my mind because I have been Stop wanting to watch it. Stop getting Tom Palmer excited because it's not happening anytime it's not soon. happening but i do think that we need to come up with some like very easy way of doing it yes. and if there is a I, way if there was an easy way to do it i would be like, more like, here's board. my thought like rough thoughts are things like first off we subscribe to the idea it's a no edit podcast we record we we release that's how i would like to do it is that a bad idea yes but also a great idea i mean i think we say it's no edits and then if something wild happens we can be like okay we'll cut well, that sure out. sure i'll do like the kind of edits that like most podcasters do, which is they like take a note of a timestamp if something needs to be cut out, but they don't re-listen to the entire podcast. That's right. And honestly, I think you should do that for all of your podcasts. Probably, but at this point, we're in too deep with Riverdale. I gotta I gotta edit the way I'm editing. Oh my I God. have gotten better. Not much, but a little better. And then uh, my other thought is like, we don't do it episode by episode. We do it like in, you know, three episode chunks or something. It's like you watch three episodes, 45 minute podcast, that kind of thing, where we're just kind of talking about our feelings and less recapping what's happening. We have a shot clock. We said it. It's a, This is 45 minutes. At the end of 45 minutes, we're done talking about these three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you kind of really loosely say, like, here's what happened, but not really, like, going through breaking it down. I think that would be fun. Okay. More like a One Tree Hill, like, discussion, less like a recap. Okay. Anyway, think about it. Let me know what your thoughts are. It's a, it's a thought. It's because a thought. I also think that once you start watching One Tree Hill, you're going to like it, and you're not going to want to, like, watch one episode a week. You're going to want to watch several episodes. And so this was is better, because it allows you to, like... Mm. Do some little binges, you know, not even really like I would also for myself not like to take notes. I would just want to watch it and then just be like, we got to talk about what you remember. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway. So think about it's, it. I'm, wa- I'm warming up to the idea. Think about it. But I would like to take spooky season off. Oh, yeah. No, I completely would also like to do that. I'm really looking forward to taking spooky season off. All right. So, you know, just more talk about things that may or may not ever happen. That's that's all for me. Anything else? Nope. Uh, see you next week, everybody. <laughs> all right. Until next time. Bye! Wet fart of an episode ruined the season.